Welcome, folks. It's our post-draft episode. It finally happened. It's the Dynasty Hour. It's me, Fantasy Blue Chip, a.k.a. Jagger Bay. And with me are my wonderful hosts. It is Chuck Bass, the Basshole. He just retired from kickball. We'll revisit that later. And then we have Mr. Mallard himself, Andrew LaDuke. And then he's here to save your lineups, Justin Herrera, Fantasy Jesus, Oh my goodness, we're we're back together. My technical issues have I'm hopefully are fine. I don't know, but apparently for the own show that I do, everything goes to shit. So bear with me, folks. You got DJ. You got DJ Kitty in the corner, still crushing things. It's all good. Uh, yeah, the cat's here. The whole gang. <laughs> Justin, is your cat biting your legs? Right <laughs> oh no, I lock I locked that bitch out of the AFC Richmond locker room. <laughs> i'm not keeping mm. them in here <laughs> okay all right we'll waste zero time um there was some news today um, um randall cobb got signed by the packers nobody gives a shit let's just move on like <laughs> great thought, news great they were great. talking about that i love the, I love the way we're going right now <laughs> Yeah, so we're just going to shove past that, and we're going to get in right into our first segment. We're Again, this is our post-draft episode, so we're going to do pass-fail. We're going to look through every rookie pick throughout the first la- round, and then one in the second. Spoilers, I'm sure you already know what it is. And then we're going to grade the team. Is it a pass? Is it a fail? And then we're going to talk about the impact of not only the player, but the teams that they were drafted on. And then we're going to start with Bryce Young to the Panthers. Chuck, pass or fail? Uh, pass by default. Um, I have based upon my attire right now, you can tell that I have a vested interest in Bryce Young's failure. Um, but there's really nothing you can pick apart the kid other than his height. And, um, as a short King myself, um, I'm actually starting to root for him because the memes have gotten too out of control. Great pick by the Panthers. I love Frank Wright finally breaking the mold and bringing his average age of a quarterback down from 37 down to that, you know, mid twenties. Um, the the team did a nice job of bringing him veteran players that know how to adapt to a young quarterback coming into the scheme. Panthers, way to go! Hot dog, Justin, pass or fail? Oh yeah, pass. I mean, like like Chuck said, it's it's kind of like a no brainer at this point. He was the best quarterback prospect of the group and you know carolina needs to to get something going there they need a quarterback really badly ever since they lost the one that chuck is now repping uh cam newton so yeah they definitely passed this one but uh well only time will tell if it's a real true pass Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get into the nitty gritties, but first, Andrew, pass or fail? Like, are you going to be the wild card here? Because it's a pass for me. Like, it's like they just needed a quarterback, and like and like Chuck said, it, it, they needed like a quarterback that was not near retirement. So, what do you think, Andrew? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give the Chicago Bears a pass for making the trade to make this happen in the first place because I think they won that deal in the end as a whole. Uh, look, I, I said it a couple shows ago. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be anything to write home about three to five years yeah. from now anyway. So yeah. sure. was Bryce young, <laughs> the best out of the options and fair that he went number one. Sure. I get it. And I get the Panthers taking a risk on him, but do I love everything that's around him on that team? No, I don't think he's going to be set up to, to, you know, Adam Thielen's you know, third run at a, at a rejuvenated career here. I don't think it's going to be enough uh, to carry, uh, to carry Bryce young into stardom here. So I give the Chicago Bears a pass. Andrew knows how to read a show sheet because that's a perfect (laughs) fucking transition. Because I was going to bring up, like, in a vacuum, 
in a vacuum, Bryce Young is like the guy. Like like Frank Reich, mm-hmm. he got a second chance immediately, and he's like, I don't want to fuck this up. So could I be get the sexy pick, Anthony Richardson? Or could I just get the meal at home, you know, like have the steak at mm-hmm. home, which I think is Bryce Young. It's like really safe and it screams, please don't fucking fire me. So I get it. But like you got to mm-hmm. you got to consider what they traded. They, they gave up like Chicago traded back to the 109. Like you said, good. Good for them. And the and Chicago gets a 24 first and second. And the Panthers are not good. They're they're not going to make the playoffs. This is going to be like a oh man, maybe can they? Like, can you name like six players on that team that like you got Jeremy yeah. Ken, Ryan yeah, Burns? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. No, well, I, one more I, point. Just... <laughs> one more point. One more point. Then <laughs> you can just skip over. And then they trade up DJ Moore, your receiver, your receiver. That's a safety blanket, the warm, nice little baby blanket and pacifier. <laughs> And then a 25 second, which that is relative. With Chuck, I'll give you the floor. I want you guys to think about who the uh, Jaguars trotted out in 2021 and who they're about to trot out in 2023 and if those teams seem even remotely similar. Offenses, you can build offense on a fly. If you have a smart team, you have a smart organization, none of that shit works if you don't have the guy that has the mind and the arm talent to deliver the ball. There's no question here. They made the pick that you're supposed to make to set themselves up for the long haul. I will flip it to you guys in a little bit later and potentially contradict my own point. Could they have done better? It's possible, but they. You, I don't. There's no scenario where you can't say they failed. Yeah, I think they passed. I think it was a B plus. I think the answer was Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson, but I get why they didn't do it. If you got balls mm-hmm. and you have that staff that they was- have there. Yeah, it's like they they could go Anthony Richardson, like that. That's the one. But like like Chuck said, like again, you guys you guys are good at this. You guys should should do this professionally. Have a podcast, and um, <laughs> but it's like you said, you got to have a quarterback. Nothing matters. Let's think about the Colts. Let's think about Frank Wright's old team. They had Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, a stud defense, offensive line. None of that shit matters because they had Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. It's like it, you can have a beautiful car, but if you don't have an engine like a quarterback. It doesn't really matter. So this is a no-brainer. We won't waste any time. We'll move on to the actual pieces around them. Like, do you guys care about Adam Thielen, DJ Charker, Hayden Hurst? I'll get to Jonathan Mingo in a minute. I don't. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Adam Thielen. He did still catch 70 passes last year, seven touchdowns. I mean, regardless of what we think of him, he's old as shit. But guess what? Can he still pull out another year for redraft? Sure. I can believe that. And he's the only person there. Well, that's a positive take. I'll go to Mr. Negative. Um, that's going to be a new name. No longer Mr. Mallard. Uh, he's already giggling. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Andrew, what do you think about Jonathan? What do you think about Jonathan Mingo in the second round? Personally, I think it's a reach. I think there was several of the guys on the board that could have been more helpful for the quarterback. And I think they're thinking maybe AJ Brown, which is a shit idea. What do you think? Uh, no, I, I agree with that. Jonathan Mingo also felt like a reach for me. I, I feel like, I feel like the first few picks of, well, I should say, the first few receivers that went off the board made sense, and then I feel like it got a little messy in the entire draft for teams that took receivers, including the Patriots. We'll get to that later, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Jonathan Mingo. I guess, I guess, I see it when you when you have Adam Thielen and DJ Chark as your as your top receivers, two kind of aging out guys who are seem to be not at, the, at their peak anymore. You bring in someone mm-hmm. young and uh, potentially explosive, I guess I get it, but I'm not really excited about anything mm-hmm. on this team. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to, um, I'd have to completely second all those opinions. Adam Thielen feels very Jordy Nelson to the Raiders in 2018, 700 yards, maybe a few touchdowns, but I like, I like Thielen and shark as, mentors to Mingo. I love anybody coming out of Ole Miss wide receiver factory, but those are two quarterbacks that are two wide receivers. Sorry. That have played with frustrating quarterbacks and are going to be able to coach a young guy in how to make the most of the opportunity he's given. So I like the long-term plan for him and what they have going on there. Yeah. I feel like Adam Thielen is like a locker room coach and like, like you got to think from like Josh McCown as the QB coach, Frank Reich has made like a a, a developmental 
um, coaching room, essentially, where they're not trying to get the new next mind. They want guys that they know that can develop and actually help someone play on the field. And I know you're going to get like the next mind or whatever, but like everything Mm -hmm. feels very safe, but like in a good way. It's not like drafting. It's not like having Kirk Cousins as your QB one and super flex safe. We're like, well, it's Kirk Cousins, you know, where that's like shitty safe, safe. When you've been the Panthers and you haven't had anyone since Chuck's boy, boy Cam Newton, it's it's a no brainer. So we'll move to the next QB off the board, CJ Stroud. Justin, what do you think about Stroud? Do you think Houston got it right, pass or fail? Oh goodness, goodness, goodness! Oof. Everybody's Mr. Negative this, tonight. I love it. <laughs> see, this isn't about Stroud. This is about what Houston gave up to get Will Anderson, which God, is dude. nuts. I'm like, yes. I'm over here, like, why? Why, if you're building something and you got your quarterback of the future, why are you giving up all that just to have a nice, fancy toy at defensive end? No offense, Will Anderson is a dominant player at Alabama, but guess what? That's not going to win you any games in this AFC South. It's just getting better, and it's not going to get you towards the Super Bowl. And guess what? It's just going to put more strain on C.J. Stroud. This is a guy who came into the league off of two of the best probably offenses in college football last year and the year before. He's had nothing but weapons, and now he has nothing at all. Like what, what? What does he really have? Tank Dell, Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz. You, you guys could literally start saying the what chance from Steve Austin, and I wouldn't be mad at it because it's true. Like, <laughs> who are those freaking people anymore? You know what I mean? So that's why I'm giving it a fail. And it's like I said, it's not because of Stroud. It's because of what the effort was behind getting Stroud what he needs to succeed in this league. Mm-hmm. And, and to give you guys, give the kids at home context to what Justin's talking about. Houston traded their twenty three second, their twenty fourth third, and uh, tw- and first for Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. So they're going in to a shit year with Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, John Mechie, Tank Dell, and Damian Pierce. Like realistically, Dalton Schultz, like like just for proven talent, is the best. The best mm, yeah. weapon on that offense, in theory. That is a shit thing to say out loud. I, I can't even talk right now, and it's really gross. It's disgusting mm. shit, man. It's like that's airplane food if you think about it. And then you're going to go into 24 <laughs> with no fucking first. No first rounder when you have Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I Justin mm. nailed it. Go ahead, Justin. Take it away. Skip, skip. I'm going to say this. They do have a first, but it's the wrong first. They have the Cleveland Browns first, which is probably going to be much better than their first. They gave up their first for this one. The one that's going to be top five that you could have traded, you know, a couple picks, maybe gotten Caleb Williams or something else or, you know, a freaking Marvin Harrison who would have been perfect. They go go way back, their boys, because they played at Ohio State. No, they said, I'm going to give up my first. I'm done. I'm done on this one. I'm done on this one. I promise, guys. I'm done. <laughs> and and to, give, to give everyone reference, like on keep trade cut, which means nothing and everything. Like it's like it's it's a reference. Jameer Gibbs has jumped CJ Stroud in Superflex to give you an example yeah. because it, it, it's a no brainer, man. You got a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of rushing upside on a team that has given him nothing, and then they don't have anything coming down the pipeline. And they're an unattractive organization. You got to think, I think pretty, I'm pretty sure next year's free agency is pretty shitty too, as far as wide receivers. They don't even have assets to fucking trade for one. Are they going to trade their future second to get a wide receiver? No, because you gave up your first. So, like, it just it just makes no sense. And then you got Jameer Gibbs, which we're going to get to in, 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 later. But when you have that first round value and that pedigree, it makes complete sense. Uh, Chuck, you got anything you want to add? I think Justin pretty much nailed it. Yeah, um, I, I, I completely agree. That's a top – I mean, like you guys said, you hammered the point home impressively. That's a top three pick next year considering the roster that they have and who I think the quarterback that C.J. Stroud is. They've already said that Will Anderson hopes to be the face of their organization. They took a player ahead of him, and he was a quarterback. Like, this is some really, really um, – I don't know. It's like a knockoff Dan Campbell to me, the way that they're approaching like their organization. They just don't have the pizzazz. They were second to the game. Um, I want to read off something real quick before we move on because I completely agree with you guys and I don't want to um, hold up the pod. Here is the second quarterback taken in 15 of the last 18 drafts. Desmond Ritter, Zach Wilson, 
Tua Tagovailoa, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Johnny Manziel, Geno Smith, RG3, Shake Locker, Tim Tebow, Mark Sanchez, Brady Quinn, Matt Leinart. This is like a murderer's row of guys you never, ever, ever want to watch football. So he's got an entire history of uh, draft capital against him. RIP. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not good. And like, I guess like Andrew, I, like th- this is just for diversity. I'll ask you a question. I have. Does sure. this feel like to you? Like it feels like D'Amico Ryan's wanted his guy, and then the organization wanted their guy. Like, like D'Amico Ryan's like an excellent coach, defensive coordinator. So of course he's going to do what defensive coordinators do, and he's going to say Will Anderson is what's going to change this organization. But then everyone who knows anything about football and cares about money um, are probably going to say, no, we need a quarterback to actually win games and get asses in seats. You know, like J.J. Watt did a lot for that organization when he was there, but they really weren't shit until they got to Sean Watson. You know, like they Mm -hmm. weren't ever competitive, you know, so like, I I don't know, Andrew, I'll let you finish it and then we'll we'll move on to the, the next quarterback. Yeah, it, it feels like they're trying to – I think you pretty much touched on it. They're trying to blend kind of their two most recent eras to where they had J.J. Watt, who was this perfect face of the franchise, all NFL kind of personality, talent, whatever. You mix him with a young quarterback that hopefully takes you – it feels like they're trying to align those two eras they had together now, and they are putting a lot of stock and hope in that John Mechie turns out to be what he was supposed to be before his injury, and Tank Dell is going to be something explosive here because this is – they're putting a lot of stock into them carrying the receiving core in the next two years being the top two guys. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So then we, again, we pretty much nailed it. JJ uh, <laughs> Watt liked one of my tweets. JJ Watt liked one of my tweets once. Once. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I thought that was like today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It was at three. Said- it was at three. It was at three a.m. when he liked it. So you tell me what that means. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sounds, sounds like an accidental finger swipe to me. <laughs> I thought you were gonna uh, say finger- like "fuck Will Anderson" and JJ Watt liked it or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, there was fingers what? involved. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Will Anderson at the third spot, and then the Colts, someone who was a favorite to move up. Uh, Stays put gets Anthony Richardson. I'll start us off. I think this is one of the best picks in the draft, not only for the player, but for the organization. And then just so we stick to the actual, like the fantasy implications, I'm sorry. Anthony Richardson is the QB one of this draft class. Like Shane Steichen is the QB guru who turns around Jalen Hurts and they didn't have to give up much. Like we'll talk about like what they've done with their other picks a little bit later, but like Anthony Richardson, all he has to do is get experience under his belt. Everyone knows he needs time. Like it's going to look like shit. Probably if it, like if it looks good, it looks good. But Jalen hurts look like shit. You know, like uh, that, that, that's just what happens with these developmental quarterbacks, but he had the greatest combine of all time. And that's just not getting excited about dudes in shorts. I mean, legitimately, for his position, he's the most athletic QB of all time. And then you have notable names who actually like him and give legitimate reasons. So because I've given such a positive review, Mr. Negative, Angela Duke, what do you think about Anthony Richardson of the Colts, pass or fail? Uh, so I do think this is a pass. Uh, I was um, pre-draft very kind of anti-Anthony Richardson the fa- of all the hype he was getting based on the combine, but I will agree with you that this was the best landing spot for him because I think now with what Indy has set up there, I think at minimum we're going to see this offense look like what it looked like with Jacoby Brissett, which was surprisingly not bad. Uh, but he's going to be – he's obviously more talented and gifted than Jacoby Brissett, so he has the potential to take them to that next level. So this was probably the one spot that I was – that really works out for him in my opinion. So I give them a pass for this. Yeah, to me it was Panthers or Colts. Chuck, what do you think? Um, I think that no team was better before and after the draft than the Colts. Um, like you, you already nailed the Shane strikes and stuff completely have 100% confidences in, in his ability to take Anthony Richardson and make him something over the course of time. Don't get me wrong, but I love the Colts have such, I just got out of a bad relationship energy. I need to do the opposite of what <laughs> I've been doing for five years. They, they are, they tendered so hard. I mean, it was like record breaking. 
Um, but they found their match off the bat. And then they went, and I know we'll touch on some other stuff later. And then they went and they got what I think is the best wide receiver pairing for any quarterback in the draft in downs. Um, they've got multiple, multiple contested catch players there. And then they've got Alec Pierce to take the top off the offense. I mean, we're talking about a quarterback whose perceived weaknesses are one of the strengths of the Colts offense. I mean, this is an absolute dynamite fit, and I'm really, really happy to see where they go. Fuck yes. I love it. Justin, finish us off. Um, Chuck said it best. I mean, this team has got everything it needs to succeed right now. And Anthony Richardson, he just needs to go through the progressions and learn after every practice, you know, pick up something mm-hmm. every single day. Um, I think if Steichen can make Jalen Hurts an accurate quarterback – I think he could definitely do that with Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, with some accuracy and these weapons, he's got two versions of Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman. You've got freaking Paris Campbell, Josh Downs, who I think Chuck said it best. The guy was a target hog at UNC, and he's just going to be that way in the slot this year or this upcoming season and on. And then, most importantly, you got Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this guy has got the best, maybe the best running back in the league back there to kind of hide the fact that, oh, yeah, our quarterback is also a pretty good running back himself. So I am all over this, and you are absolutely right. He is the QB1 for fantasy. I've been taking him everywhere at 102. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only thing that – and then we'll we'll, we'll move on – The. The, the last thing that I have, that only thing that scared me about Anthony Richardson is, uh, I, and I guess it's Jim Irsay. That guy does so much cocaine, man, that like I can't trust what he says. But that's my guy. That they would have taken Will Levis if Anthony Richardson was like, it, and I don't know why. When I heard that, I was like, mm, is it like I, I think Anthony Richardson's good? But it made me pause. Do they know what is good? Like, like this could be an accident, but question. I'll take it. We'll yeah. pay some. Yeah, we'll pay some bills and then we'll talk about some running backs. Underdog Fantasy is here to save your post-fantasy football season blues. The easiest place to play and win with the Underdog Fantasy app. Get up to 20 times your money in a single night with our Pick'em contests. Grab some insurance when setting your picks and win even when one pick fails. Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. Sit gingerbread. Good girl. Okay. Good girl. Um, girl. I'm talking about good girls. Arthur Smith. Was he a good girl? (laughs) Bijan Robinson goes number eight to the Falcons. Um, I'm not going to lie. Everyone knew this, but anyone who is into Tyler Algier, Chuck, you'll start us off. Do you like Bijan? Are you still happy? This was the most in retrospect. This was the most obvious pick in the history of the NFL draft. I don't, there's, I don't care about Trevor Lawrence going first. I don't care about Jameis or Andrew Luck going first. Bijan to the Falcons in a hundred years, people will still be going like, yeah, this is look what coaches do. They do what they love. Um, and I'm, the more I look into what the Falcons are trying to do, um, the more I actually believe in them, uh, to be honest. I mean, is Arthur, is Arthur Smith frustrating as hell for fantasy as far as receivers and passes and everything go? Yes. But as far as having a running back, there is not a single coach in the league. I have more faith in absolutely love it. Yeah. I think it's like, you nailed it. Um, and like Mm -hmm. you hit on an excellent point there that, I don't think Arthur Smith gives a shit who his quarterback is. You guys remember Ryan Tannehill Mm -hmm. on Miami? It was not good. It was Mm -hmm. not good. And then, like, he brings him in, and he's like, okay, just give it to Derrick Henry a bunch, Mm -hmm. and then other guys will get open, and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like that's what he's doing right right now in Atlanta. He's like, Desmond Ritter, you are kind of not good. So give it to this dude. 20 times a game, everything else will work out. Just don't fuck up. Like, like, to me, I love – Let's ask. Uh, I want to give me, give me. I want. I want to jump in real quick. Just one more time. I was really. I stumbled on something today, and it was really interesting. And here's another reason why I think we should all have some more faith in what's going on there. Um, I was really curious if the Bills signing Damian Harris and Latavius Murray was going to be a thing. 
So I went back and looked at teams, how they performed the previous year and rushing versus the next year with no major changes other than maybe a slight, slight running back upgrade. And then I realized that the Falcons, the year in 2021, were 30th in rush attempts, 31st in rush yards per game, and 30th in yards per carry. They only drafted Drake London and Tyler Algier, and they went to second in attempts per game, second in rush yards per game, and fourth in yards per carry. That's just great coaching. No additions to the offensive line. No a quarterback downgrade, some might say. And in and out wide receiver and tight end injuries. We're talking about just a team that is actually, if you look at it from the outside up, a team that is slowly building who they are. Very Titans-esque, which is where Arthur Smith came from. Exactly. So I ask you, does this make you feel like like we all know like Bijan's RB one in Dynasty? Like 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 it doesn't take like four assholes like us to to, to tell you that. But does this make you feel better about Desmond Ritter? Like, you know, the, like, like, like answer that Chuck, but let me know. Cause I don't know. Like, I don't know if Desmond Ritter looks sexy because everything else looks bad. I, like I got like the, the beer goggles on. It's like 2 a.m. Yeah. And, and Desmond Ritter is the only girl. I'm, I'm, I'm going to absolutely dunk on Ritter, but I'm going to let Andrew and Justin, the nice, the nicest guys on the pod. I'm going to let them team me up first. <laughs> well, you, I'm not gonna tee you up, because <laughs> <laughs> like, Mister Negative, like Justin, maybe Fantasy Jesus might have some fucking hope. <laughs> Justin, well, do you sorry. have hope? Do you have hope for Desmond Ritter? Mm-hmm. All right, Desmond Ritter, Kurt Cousins, or Derek Carr. You got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. No, but seriously, I think it's we, called keep it, trade cut. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. man, Derek Carr's mascara is finally going to pay off for him on that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, the eyeliner, whatever it's called, whatever. About time. It's eyeliner. about time, honestly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, like if those are pretty much what you're going to be dealing with, like you're going to be dealing with bottom of the barrel when it comes to Desmond Raider. Are you going to be like? confident enough in his youth and the talent around him to pick him over those names. I mean, anybody for me, you'd have, for me, you'd have to look at, does this guy blow you away in any meaningful way? No. And does he play in a scheme that values even intermediate passing schemes? And the answer is also no. Um, So we're talking about minimal upside, unless you guys are seeing something that I'm not. Uh, I, I, I guess, yeah, you're right, man. Like beer goggles are off. It's Desmond Mitter. Like, uh, not Desmond Mitter, Desmond Mitter as a D bro. <laughs> I like that. I actually have never heard that. So I got to give it, a, I'm going to drink to that. There we go. Yeah. Look, the, the, the way I view this all here is that Bijan makes sense to the Falcons. It was obviously, I like can't second. I mean, I can only second whatever what you guys all said, cause it's not wrong. But there's also still so many holes that this team needs where to build around a running back where this team might still not be relevant for another two or three years when running back's shelf life can be yeah. so spotty. This It just feels mad, like so risky to me now. If it pays off, could it pay off? Fantastic. But if you think, you know, a year or two mm-hmm. from now, you got, you know, Bijan and Drake London and Kyle Pitts hitting their peaks at the same time. And then whether it's Ritter or even just some Smollett quarterback, but if you got all three of them hitting at their peak at the same time and it's working, then we're talking a massive win here for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. This is super risky in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's it high is. risk, high reward. And then I guess this is a good transition to another high risk, high reward. I think it's a good player, but a shit pick. Jameer Gibbs, Justin, I'll let you uh, start us off. Pass or fail by the Lions? Oh, that's definitely a fail. I mean, he shouldn't have been that pick. I mean, no offense. Like, he he should have been the number two taken off, but what was it, 12? Like, come yeah. on now. He, he's not the 12. You had a pick later on. He was probably going to be there. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, considering they got rid of DeAndre Swift and they replaced it with Jameer Gibbs, it, it kind of feels like a wash at this point. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a pass or fail. I mean, I honestly, it's like right in the middle. If I had to lean one way, I'd lean 
fail because I think this whole Detroit Lions draft was a majority fail at this point. I think that they didn't address the right needs. They went out there and they reached for players that Dan Campbell wanted instead of players that they actually needed as a team. So I'll say it's a fail because of the spot that he was taking. Are you still buying him? And are are you gonna like draft Gibbs and Dynasty? How do you like to fit as far as like like Dynasty points or fantasy points? Because I, I I'm kind of like, how much better is he gonna be than DeAndre Swift? I guess he's gonna be healthy. That's, that's you can that's what you can hope for, right? That he's healthier <laughs> because DeAndre Swift was actually I, good for fantasy, but it was mm. just the four or five games that you got him instead of the twelve games that you wanted him for, right? So if mm. you know if Gibbs can give you like ten to 12 games, then I think he's already beaten DeAndre Swift. I mean, talent level, like you said, they're about the same. I mean, they do all the same things. They operate the same ways. They're good pass catching running backs. And that's obviously what the scheme values. Um, And then David Montgomery, you know, he could easily go by the wayside if he gets injured and Gibbs has a couple good games. We've seen it happen before with Khalil Herbert. So uh, I don't know. I, I think I would be drafting him right now. It's just where do you draft him? Do you go crazy at like three or four or do you, you know, do you pause and say, okay, maybe I get JSN. Maybe I get, maybe I get a tight end or something. Maybe not a tight end, but Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, do I go with one of these big quarterbacks before, or do I just go straight for Gibbs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have questions about like, it's like you said, like, I feel like right now rookie drafts are Bijan, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and the best available. Because you could go JSN, yeah, 100%. you could go Stroud, and you can go Gibbs. Like, what does your team need? Because they're in the same tier at that point. Because, like, CJ Stroud mm-hmm. almost dropped the tier, and then Gibbs kind of didn't move. And then JS, I guess mm-hmm. that, that's what happened. Stroud dropped, Stroud and JSN dropped the tier. Jameer Gibbs just kind of stayed mm-hmm. the same. Um, I guess this feels good for Jared Goff. Do any of you guys like Jared Goff now, Andrew? I'll ask you. Uh, it gives Jared Goff a little safety, but no, I still don't like Jared Goff. I just just to touch on Gibbs again. Like Gibbs, this definitely he's now in a position where he can contribute pretty quickly. I think on this team, when you factor in he's playing alongside David Montgomery and and the rest of, and Jared Goff, he needs to be able to check it down to someone. He needs someone to be able to run out of the backfield. So this makes sense. I do agree with Justin that I feel like. They would have. This would have been an easy win for the Lions if they had taken, say, a Lucas Van Ness at the end, where they could have really used the help here, and then still taking because no one was taking Gibbs between twelve and eighteen. So if they, they, they could they have probably Jalen Carter. They could have yeah, got Jalen Carter. And pretty, they could have plugged. That's a, what a few I'm fucking holes. saying. They could have I'm plugged sorry. a few different holes on this team and still gotten this guy. But from a dynasty standpoint, I do think he is set up nicely to at least contribute right away in in a in some sort of flex role for your dynasty teams, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. All right. Chuck, you were about to, to, to jump out of your panties there. What was the <laughs> comment you had? He's just drinking. He has just no thinking, comment. He's just chugging. <laughs> there are, uh, it's just water. Guys, <laughs> guys today's sponsor. Um, so, you know, there's, um, there's two – what is it? What's that cheesy saying? There's two wolves in me. Um, and one of them is saying, is he pretending to be frozen or do he actually freeze? I think he actually, okay. froze. he actually, froze. Froze. Kind of checking, okay. you know, the face almost yeah, looked fake no. frozen. Okay. He's back. No, the, uh, uh, Tangeray, Tangeray must have some sort of investment in StreamYard or something that they were like, no, no, cut, cut, cut. um, um, no, they're the lions from an organizational team, super bowl will winning standpoint. Uh, everybody who's in management position or coaching position will be fired within three or four years based upon the draft that they just had. These guys, um, they're, they're not playing to win a super bowl. They're playing to win what will be the weakest division in football. And that's just not long-term thinking. However, uh, the Gibbs pick is borderline just underneath Anthony Richardson as one of the best situational fits. Uh, they are going to need the, a healthy DeAndre Swift was one of the best plays in fantasy, whether you're talking redraft, dynasty, long-term, it doesn't matter. Um, and they've got their David Montgomery, who's Band-Aid-esque. I mean, David Montgomery is a good player. He's not Gibbs. He's not. He can't do anything that Gibbs can do. And they need 
what Gibbs can do if they perceive themselves as a real threat in the division. Terrific for Goff, like you said, who's so used to that check down, br- tackle breaking, absolutely spark plug running back. Um, if there's an Alvin Kamara in this draft, the Lions just got him. And they did they get him at 12? And that's terrible for their team building? Probably. Is that bad for anybody who's going to draft him in fantasy? Hell no. Nope. Exactly. And this kind of feels like I don't even – I I, I'm still taking David Montgomery. Like, like I, like I, yeah, I, absolutely. I like David Montgomery for what he is. Cause I know what they're going to do right now. They I already know what the lions want to do. They want to do what they did last year, except they want mm. Jameer Gibbs to be healthy. And David Montgomery is an upgrade from Jamal Williams. So I think like the mm. entire offense gets a boost. I love Sam mm. Laporta. we got to get to tight ends a different day, but we're going to move mm. on to the last quarterback. We, we saw so many cutscenes of Will Evans looking sad with his girlfriend <laughs> and family on Thursday night. He drops to the top of the second to the Titans. Um, Andrew, what do you think about this? I, I already know what Chuck thinks, so we'll get to him later. So, uh, <laughs> Will Levis is just a massive wild card, but the Titans need a wild card because they obviously don't have a ton of uh, confidence in what they got Malik Willis over there. So, uh, but they also don't really have much of anything. I, I still don't put out. I still don't leave out the the chance that Derrick Henry is not on this team to start the season. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, this just seems like feels like a, a a, a panic shot in the dark play and, and the yeah. fact that he was still sitting there that's why they took him they just said well he's still here we might as well take him kind of thing Chuck does it does it do anything for you like like you you were the biggest Levis guy does this excite mm-hmm. you that they traded up for him I mean there hasn't been a more exciting passing attack in the NFL than the Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel over the last four to five years mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can just name the wide receivers. Um, A.J. Brown. Um, <laughs> what, the list goes on and on. The list goes on and on. Austin Hooper. If you're the tight <laughs> Too soon. And yeah, Austin, Austin, Austin Hooper, the most – the most <laughs> Tweet to terrible production ratio of any tight end I've ever seen in my life. Um, if you're the Titans, this is the last. This is the last grasp at whatever window you think that you've had over the last couple of years. You're hoping that Levis can come in and give you rookie production, at least baseline good rookie production over the course of maybe three to four years, while you try to sober up from whatever drunk, yeah, I don't know, bender that they have absolutely been on the last two or three years. New GM Vrabel has a ton of power there, but he's definitely on the not hot seat, but it's cooled like crazy. Um, they need swings there, and they're the kind of team that take them. They've they've been like that since his arrival, and uh, this this completely tracks with the mold. I mean, what were the quarterbacks they had playing before? It was Ryan Tannehill, um, and that was it. You, I mean, if you were, to, can you if you saw a picture of Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis, would you be able to tell who was who? No, to be honest, like I actually like to like Will Levis is like thick. He's like thick Tannehill, like like thick like Ryan Thickhill. Yeah. yeah, like 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 if Tannehill like crushed Jim every day, he's Jim Bro Tannehill. Mm. Um, I I agree that like I think this again, this is ideal situation for Levis because mm-hmm. I think the Titans don't ask their they don't ask their quarterbacks to do much. I said it earlier. Tannehill's one job is to throw it to the only receiver they have and <laughs> yeah. give it. To one guy, like that—that th- that is his job. Oh, and and a tight end, and they have Chigakonkwo. So you have a tight end, one wide receiver, and a handoff. Those are your three fucking things that you're supposed to do. So to go to the other two things, the other two pieces of that offense, that equation, Justin, do you like Traylon Burke still? Because the Titans, can you name their wide receiver too? <laughs> I didn't like Traylon Burks to begin with, but I think it's Nick Westbrook Aquina <laughs> right now. It is Nick Westbrook <laughs> Too many, yeah. too many names. Uh, Being chased down by Chris Moore for that spot, by the way. <laughs> I'm just gonna That's- say this: I like Mike Vrabel, but he is definitely gonna be looking for a new job in the next two years. Like. Uh, he has just let his team degrade slowly. Like he let his offensive line go to shit. He hasn't replenished since AJ Brown's been gone. They thought Traylon Burks was this amazing player. I'm just like, eh, he's all right. But is he Traylon Burks? 
No. Did you get anything else other than a first-round pick to replace A.J. Brown? No. So there you go. You got a downgrade. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, Will Levis was already at the bottom of my list, like below Hendon Hooker, and he kind of stays there with Hendon Hooker being going to the Detroit Lions. So. Holy Ouch. shit, I don't even got that on the show. I don't have that oh. on the show sheet. I got to work that in organically. I Yeah. Like, sorry, Chuck. I, let's put it this way, Chuck. If Levis is good, if he lights it up this year, I will buy Levis jersey and I'll rock that fucker every show rest of No, season. you guys don't have to buy any because I've got like 40. So you don't have to buy <laughs> If Levis is QB Noted. 15, I'll buy Chuck three rounds at the expo mm. in 2024. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, okay, well, before we get to wide receivers, we'll pay some bills, and then we'll talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jazz, sportsbook, casino, and racebook, the world's best resource for all-purpose online wagering. For over 20 years, Jazz has provided the best and quickest payouts in sports and entertainment wages. Live sports betting, covering all the major sports leagues, and even into the new and exciting world of esports. Down the stretch you'll come, with Jazz's online horse wagering. Get paid when you play with Jazz's fun and exciting online casino games. Go online now and use the promo code TSS for our new, members deals. Jazz Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook, the world's best resource for online wagering. Jazz Casino, everybody. All right. And speaking of jazz, um, I don't know what the hell Pete Carroll was doing, and he never played on beat or the right note. Uh, he drafts Jackson Smith and Jigba to Seattle. I don't hate it, but I wish it wasn't this. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Justin, we'll start with you. We'll just come right back around. I know you're a JSN guy with me. How does this make you feel? It makes me feel like dynasty is what dynasty is, and you're going to get this guy for two years down the line. But uh, it's going to be hard to get targets, like 100 targets, out of that class when you have to compete with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You're kind of like, you know, you don't want to, but you're kind of like fingers crossed if you're like drafting him. Like Tyler Lockett, just get like a hammy injury. You know, maybe two games or so, so we can really see what JSN's all about. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, and I'm a 49ers fan, so I, I don't like Seahawks. You know, anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah. So me- JSN for me is he, he's he's one of those guys that I'm looking at in Dynasty as down the line, not right now. Yeah, like it feels like a really good football move, but for fantasy, got Pete Carroll. What the fuck, man? Just like why? I don't know. Like, we'll get we'll get more to later. But holy shit, man! Like it seems <laughs> aggressive against fans. Um, <laughs> Chuck, what do you think about Jason? I I think that Pete Carroll of all the NFL coaches would be the one who if he if you were like oh Pete man I love you guys like I, I drafted all you guys in fantasy he would be like fuck fantasy like he's the one that i think would literally look you in the eyes and do that and then he would take his gum and try and throw it at you um i i I love it only because for obvious reasons uh i mean seattle has always valued high wide receiver play or even medium to high wide receiver play so it's excellent long term um what their quarter i mean their quarterback play has you know for whatever qualities they may lack over time they've always been able to find quarterbacks who are able to produce for their wide receivers so i feel strongly about the organizational fit uh in the short term i don't feel great because i still think that lockett and metcalf have a ton to offer uh especially the way that they play the game and how adaptable they've been but i mean if you're talking about three or four years from now um i I don't think we have to wait that long before he is the wide receiver one on that team just between his talent and we're not talking about superstars in those two wide receivers. We're talking about very quality mid to high level vets that are not capable of running and executing the kind of routes that he is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, That makes sense. And I guess like this feels like they were playing like chess in a way because um, Tyler Lockett's uh, towards the, the his twilight years, to be honest, mm. and now they ha- there's like there's zero pressure to bring in a guy or overdraft a guy. They know yeah. this guy's a stud. We know he's a stud, and you're like, okay, go out there play in the slot. You'll get yours because, like, like I said, 
like uh, spoilers or, or lack of, I guess, like this is segment is draft winners and losers. Short term, this is a loser. But like like Chuck said, sure. long term, this is a winner because like mm-hmm. Geno Smith is good enough. I, I'm going to quick question to Pete Carroll because when he said I'm happy with Geno Smith and Drew Locke, I'm like, oh, my God, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. And then I look like an asshole a year later. And here I am thinking that this is a good fit. Um, so Andrew, how does this make you feel about DK and lock it long-term and short-term? I feel like we kind of said it already. Yeah. Well, so I'll, 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 yeah, I'll put the frosting on here quickly here. Uh, DK and lock it short, short-term. I don't think it really affects them. I think they're, they're going to have the same roles they had. Like you guys basically all said, this definitely feels like Pete's playing for the future. This means that they are comfortable with Gino as a bridge quarterback. They're going to go after their longtime future quarterback sometime next year or two years from now in the draft. And they're going to keep building out the rest of the positions around in this team until they have the guy that they're ready for. Cause they also know they have Kenneth Walker, nice young stud running back also on that offense. Like you said, DK and Lockett, one, one or both of those guys won't be here in two years in Seattle. So that's the point where Jigma's going to be able to slide in with whatever quarterback they choose to go with for the future. It's a long-term win for this team. I mean, Seattle's they're they're making smart moves. Yeah, yeah, it's yep. a it's a real good move. All right, we're going to move on to the next guy. It's a it's another Chuck guy, and that means I dislike him. It's uh it's Quentin Johnston. He gets the first round draft capital. So that that's the first L I took on my draft prediction is I didn't think that Quentin Johnson was a first round round receiver, and then he gets my boys, bet well, my guys, Zay Flowers, who I where I wanted to go. He gets like the best landing spot, which is the Chargers. And personally, I think the Chargers. This is like they lost, but Quentin Johnston won because I, I feel like Quentin Johnston does everything Mike Williams does, but like worse. So like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. Like Keenan Allen is going to be there, but like, what guy on this team's going to run a real fucking route? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Chuck, Chuck, let me know. <laughs> Pass. Oh, no, That's I'm fine. kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, um, I love it. I love it because it's exactly the conversation we just had, only with a less talented wide receiver. Right? Talking about two wide receivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams that. Um, well, they don't even have the stability in the short term that I think that Lockett and Metcalf have between their health and their, uh, you know, their, their age and their contracts and everything. So I think they're working at if Johnson pops, which I expect him to, um, it'll be immediate. I believe, I don't believe it'll be in the next two years. And I think that he's playing with one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. And I believe that that quarterback is going to cover up for his flaws in the short term. And I think he's going to develop in the long term. Um, and that's my take. And I'm sticking to it. Justin, back me up. Let's, let's, let's gig up on Chuck right now. Okay. So uh, what is it? Sports Info <laughs> Solutions has uh, Quentin Johnston running five routes for 88% of his routes run. Like, that is not a nice route tree right there. That is a shitty route tree. Um, Let's face it here. Yeah, that's a half half right there. Whoa, what is your name? Uh, (laughs) You just slid up there so perfectly. I heard heard Quentin Johnson. He's like, I want to get in on this. Yeah, I got it. He's got got opinions. (laughs) Yeah. This is not a QJ household here. Like, uh, and, and yeah, the, I don't know what the fuck my dog got into. That's going to be a problem later. But like, oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I, I'm with Justin there. Andrew, you're apparently on our team. Uh, where, where are you at on Quentin Johnston? Like, are, are you are you drafting him? Are you still saying no? Does Justin Herbert give you a chub for QJ? Well, so here's the you. Chuck said it that this is kind of the same conversation except for, that we just had about Seattle. But for me, the biggest difference is that LA is set to win now. They're going to have Eckler for maybe one more, maybe two year, more years max before he, he finally does get out of there or whatever. Uh, Justin Herbert is a quarterback right now who they can win with, and yet they drafted a receiver who pretty much – fits the same mold they already have. I mean, hell, even throw Josh Paul, Joshua Palmer in there. We saw how he how well he did. They have four guys who basically do the same thing right now. Keenan Allen, yeah, he can play more all over the field. I'll give him that. But he's older. He's more injury prone. I don't see how this changed their team that much. 
I don't see how it's going to take them to the next level. I don't see Quentin Johnson being very useful in, in your teams this year right out the gate. I just don't see it moving the needle for me. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I, I'll pop in there real quick if you guys don't mind from a overall big-picture standpoint because you're right, right? Quentin Johnson, that team wasn't a wide receiver three away from you know taking the leap, right? They What mm-hmm. they were was they were a defensive collapse is, and they were yeah. a coaching instability, and they were – I mean, everybody it – was, it was an organizational stepping on a rake on national television. But what I think they're doing is I think they're passing the baton. They're trying to not lose a step. Um, I mean, I think their biggest flaw truly as a team is coaching. Um, and does Agreed. that make me feel good that now they're going to bring in a guy who needs some work <laughs> on the coaching? aspect? No, it doesn't make me feel hundred percent great about it. Um, but I think he's got a tremendously high ceiling and, uh, they might just be stupid enough to unlock that. Yeah. Do you think they regret not trading up like two picks and getting JSN? They have to, man. Like that's like like that. Jason and Zay Flowers were the guy, because like I said, they like they do something different. Like Andrew mm-hmm. nailed it, and I and I'll go ahead. I'll just transition to Zay Flowers because Might I want well, to yeah. just I, I I just 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 want literally five <laughs> seconds. What that team doesn't what what that team doesn't have, and I don't think JSN would have been the guy to do it. Is they don't have a space creator. They don't have a guy that can take a little something and make it into a ESPN a Sports Center top ten play. That, that I don't think that would have benefited them as much as we would have liked it to. It would have been a, a, a you know an absolute like home run hit from a, like we need stability out of our wide receiver three position. But JSN would kill to be as good as Mike Williams and Keenan Allen over the next two years. I think. Mm. Like, like to that. me, they 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 needed a big play guy. Zay Flowers is the only big play, big play guy in like that. In, I in, that, in that, I, that I co-sign. I co-sign that. 100%. Yeah. Like to me, Zay Flower to the Chargers made so much fucking sense because, like, like Andrew said, then you have Joss Palmer. You could keep Mike Williams, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, go go give us your your six games with like you know, like go go do that, and then we'll have Josh Palmer do the rest. But this guy, this this guy, Zay Flowers mm-hmm. is going to make plays all over the field, and I think the Ravens got a good one. I know a lot of people hate this destination, but mm-hmm. one thing that I would like to bring up is that. Guys, the age of Greg Roman is over. Like, like it, it's over. It's Todd Mockett season. And I'm I'm not saying like they're still gonna run at a high rate, but the problem with the Ravens is they haven't had receivers. And so I guess I'll start off with Chuck. Uh, do do you do you agree that this is okay for Zay Flowers. Like, like, give me something here. Let's agree at some at some point here, and then we'll let Justin and, and Andrew be the swing votes over here. <laughs> yeah, I um, I think that the Ravens said. I mean, it nobody would have nobody would have said this a month ago, but I think with their actions and with their contract signing with Lamar and their draft picks, I think the Ravens have said. Okay, we uh, we we we, ch- we looked around, and there ain't there ain't no better option for us than to give Lamar everything he needs to be a successful passer. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're on the track to do that. It's not everything you want because you know OBJ is their wide receiver one right now. But I think as far as a wide receiver two goes, Zay Flowers is exactly what this offense needs, and exactly what you draft if you think Lamar can be that that unbelievable passer but you want to give him maybe a bridge year to prove. So you give him a guy that can maybe take a little less and turn it into like everything you've ever wanted from a wide receiver. So they're, they're setting up that there's another team that despite having this veteran presence in the playoffs uh, in fantasy for a few years, they're literally turning the page for the next chapter of what I think this offense can be. And I'm extremely happy. And cause I did not think this even three weeks ago, I did not think this was coming. Yes, I like agreeing with you. Um, and like, I, I guess I'll, I'll bring the second. Yes, I'll bring the second argument to Justin to see what he thinks about this. A lot of people are bringing up Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman as a reason to not like Zay Flowers. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but I don't know if OBJ is OBJ anymore, and Rashad Bateman is likely toast. So, what do you think? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this spells the end for Rashad Bateman. They'll probably end up trying to trade him for a, a, if they get a third out of him. Um, 
But yeah, I, I mean, overall, I like the Zay Flowers deal because at the end of the day, you get kind of like a slower version of Hollywood Brown, but he runs routes mm. better. Like Hollywood oh, Brown was like straight up like a nine route type of guy. He started to develop a lot of talent later on. And I don't think a lot of people give him credit. Like he's actually a pretty decent route runner now. Yep. But this is a guy who comes into the league, a very good route runner. And he's also pretty damn fast. So mm. I'm all for this Zay Flowers pick. I think it gives them what they need. I think OBJ has still got a step or two. I think he can still lead a team. Um, but I do I do agree with you. I think Rashad Bateman is toast, and I think he's going to be, you know, at some point in training camp sent away to maybe the Houston Texans or something, some destitute island where <laughs> – he will never come back from. <laughs> it won't be the Texans because they don't have the third round picks. But uh, so. well, but, but, yeah, but let's 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 think let's think about this a little bit more objectively, right? If you're the Ravens and you say, "Okay, Lamar's our guy. Let's open up the passing offense. Let's t- let's sign Todd Munkin to be our offensive coordinator, who is the only guy that was an OC that had Baker Mayfield throw over 500 passes. He's the only one." It may be you just hold on to Rashad Bateman and he's your wide receiver three and he's exactly what he's supposed to be. Maybe he's not qualified. Maybe the first round pick was an overdraft and he's not going to be that guy. But maybe if Rashad Bateman is actually your wide receiver three and you're trying to take the leap and you're trying to push the ball down the field with your arm, that might actually track a little bit more than shipping him off and still being depleted from a wide receiver standpoint. Chuck, you you nailed Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, Chuck, you, nailed you, you, you nailed my same point that I was going to make in that, if anything, I don't – I get why Justin say it, uh, maybe Rashad Bateman's toast here, but I do think it just pushes him into what the role he's meant. Let's not forget, Mark Andrews is still the number one target on this team. So OBJ being the number two target, I think he still has enough step to be that for this team. And then if Zay Flowers, you know, takes a few weeks, maybe half the year to, to surpass Rashad Bateman as the number three option here mm-hmm. – that is the perfect situation for Zay Flowers to get his feet wet on a high explosive offensive team. So mm-hmm. I loved this landing spot for Zay Flowers. And I think the Ravens yeah, finally decided to get their head out of their ass. Yeah, I agree. Like it's it it it's a, it fills a need. And like Zay Flowers is best in best ball, probably because he's gonna be a big play guy. He may not have yeah. huge volume every game, but like this is a very mm-hmm. good pick. And like so like if anyone subscribes to Matt Harmon, you should. You know, it's uh, it's a plethora of wide receiver information. But what makes all three of these receivers unique, if they're healthy, they all three can move over all over the formation. So you have Mark Andrews and three guys that could play inside and outside. Lamar Jackson, he's got to have a blue vein throbber. And then I'm going to I'm going to piggyback off to put a point Chuck made to talk about our next wide receiver, Jordan Addison. This guy went up in my rankings because I said that he wasn't a number one wide receiver and he would be best if he was a wide receiver too. And lo and behold, the Vikings took Jordan Addison. And I think it's perfect, man. Justin Jefferson is going to command so much attention. And if you think about what Adam Thielen did, now you got someone young like Jordan Addison. He's not going to be asked to be the number one guy. Uh, I'll I'll kick it over to you, Andrew. What do you What do you think? Uh, bye bye, KJ Osborne. Not not off the team, but off your. <laughs> yeah, we called it this podcast. That, this podcast called it. Yeah. What a that look! That was never gonna be a thing. I'm sorry, I was never on the KJ Osborne <laughs> bandwagon, anyways. But this just reaffirms that to me because you nailed it. This is this is a good fit for Jordan. This makes sense for the team as well. You know, Kirk Cousins is going to be a, a nice, smooth kind of fill to go jump from Adam Thielen to him. I think it might even be an upgrade. So, yeah, this works. I agree. Yeah, I get, it, it works. Um, um, Justin, where are you drafting him? Where does he rank in your receivers? He, you know, like like to me right now, Flowers and Addison, they are my like two A, two B, like whatever, what you know, whatever guy I get. Why yeah, receiver three? He's my three because I don't see him as the target hog that Zay Flowers will be, but I see him kind of like when you were talking about best ball, he's going to be the guy who has a stat line of two catches, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. He's going to be that guy where he's not going to do so much across the board as far as hogging in targets and stuff, but everything they're going to scheme up for him is going to be productive. 
And, you know, like you said, with Justin Jefferson being out there, you still got TJ Hawkinson to deal with, you know, if you're a safety. So it's, he's going to be able to take uh, the top off of every single defense that he's against. And I, I think it's a great play for the Vikings who are trying to win this incredibly weak division for the second year in a row. Yeah, yeah, nailed it on there. Um, Chuck, you got anything to add before we go to the next prospect? Uh, no, nothing whatsoever. I think you can make a strong case that who Jordan Addison is as a wide receiver at this moment of this podcast is better than who Adam Thielen has been for the last 18 months. Um, and Kirk Cousins has proven time and time again that he can support. He's a. He, you look back at his career trajectory, he's got 90% of his seasons have had more than two guys having over 100 targets. Um, so if you've got the talent and Justin Jefferson is pulling in you know, people overrate how often wide receivers get double teams, but I'll tell you what, nobody's getting double team more than that dude. So if you're worried about, you know, attention, this is, this is the wide receiver for this year, undoubtedly. Yeah. It, it helped. Like, I think Justin Jefferson got better as well. Why'd I put Jordan Jefferson? Uh, I think Justin Jefferson got better as well. Cause we all remember the end of, uh, the end of uh, our fantasy season where Justin Jefferson got shut down, not because he's not good. They basically triple covered him that, and, and like, like Justin's kind of said it a little bit, you know, like, like for best ball, the game where they triple cover, they triple cover Justin Jefferson. Addison's going to eat mm. like it. He's just, yeah. he's going to eat that game. And, and th- this helps everybody, even, even Kirk cousins who somehow won't die. Uh, the next, the next prospect uh, is someone that I'm a fan of. And I, I think this was a great pick. Um, it's third round, so it's not great draft capital, but landing position and still going day two is nice. It's Jaden Reed. Chuck, is this where you start thinking stuff gets gross for wide receivers? Um, I honestly want to defer one more time uh, because even to the second of this podcast being recorded – I'm so 50 50 on this. It's uh, it's disgusting. So I'm going to let Justin and Andrew um, vocalize their thoughts Mm -hmm. and then I'll figure out how to steal and copy what they said and maybe even plagiarize it. All right, Justin, let's hear it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, so I wasn't a huge fan of him. I didn't think he created a lot of good separation against better defenses. Um, that being said, you know, Green Bay has a good reputation of landing later round picks. So who am I to say I'm not a freaking NFL scout? I just watched a little bit of tape on this guy. Um, but to be honest with you, this just means to me Romeo Dobbs is probably out. Um, whatever he was last year, I don't think they're going to revisit that. It means gold for Christian Watson. If you were holding on to Christian Watson and thinking they were going to get JSN like I was thinking, you're like going like, woof, holy shoot. There goes my 17 touchdown monster. I still got it, you know. So I think that if you're uh, if you're thinking Christian Watson could have a good year, I did like the tight end they got, Luke Musgrave. I think yeah. he has some potential uh, to be a red zone threat. And then, you know, they still got some other weapons out there. But I wasn't the biggest fan of Jaden Reed. Yeah, Andrew, do what it. do you think? This doesn't do anything crazy for me, too. I actually think Luke Musgrave will be a, a better target option for Jordan Love than Dobbs or Reed. I don't, I'm not Good necessarily – I'm not necessarily fully out on Dobbs. I, mean, I think this is what this is. I think they're doubling down on one of these two guys hitting. I think they're going to give Dobbs a chance here with Jordan Love at quarterback. It's going to look different. So I think this is Reed or Dobbs is going to kind of come out on top here. But we're going to – we'll know pretty quickly – but I think that the Dobbs still has a chance to produce here. Mm-hmm. Noted. Um, yeah. yeah. Like Chuck, I'll, I guess I'll give mine and let you be the, the decider on here because mm-hmm. I'm going to go the opposite of Justin and Andrew. I think that Jaden Reed has the chance to be better than Christian Watson. And like, hear me out. I mean, m- mainly for fantasy because like mm-hmm. the, for football, it makes sense because they do different things. Christian Watson's going to be in the outside and your big play guy. Jaden Reed's a slot guy. It, to me, it reminds me of a lot of Emmanuel Sanders. He's never going to be your wide receiver one. Mm. But if he's your wide receiver two, he's going to be fantastic. So sure. if you ask Christian Watson to be the big play guy, and then it, it, like Luke Busgraves adds in this too, you got two guys, even Tucker Craft. Like, like honest to God, like you kind of said uh, – 
I, this is straight up uh, Matt LaFleur saying, please don't fire me. I'm good. It wasn't just Aaron Rodgers. So he's going to get <laughs> yeah. as much offensive talent to help him as possible. And I'm a huge Justin Reed fan. So I'll let you mm. get the last opinion of the day. Chuck, do mm. you like Jaden Reed? I like Jalen Reed more than I like probably anybody in Green Bay. And it's, it's twofold, right? One one fold. Do people say one fold after they say two fold? It doesn't feel like they do. Number one. Yeah, they usually just don't fuck up. Yeah. Um, I think that the guys in Green Bay have um, been living on easy street. And granted, it was only one year they're rookies. But pl- you tell me how somebody approaches the game after playing with Aaron Rodgers and then Jordan Love steps up. I think those guys are actually going to be at more of a disadvantage because I'm sure they're used to um, they're used to living in a penthouse apartment. And times are changing. Um, now that obviously varies depending on how you feel about Jordan Love as a quarterback. Uh, but I don't think it's a good thing for those guys. I definitely don't. So bring in a guy who has basically made his entire career with contested catches. Bring in Jordan Love, who is probably going to struggle and is probably going to force a ton of throws. I actually think that this could be actually a match made in heaven. Um, he's not exactly, you know, the sexy pick. Um, but who's a sexy Christian Watson's only a sexy pick in green Bay. Cause he had Aaron Rodgers absolutely darting him deep balls. That's gone. So who excels there and who is going to make life as easy as possible on their quarterback? I think there's only one guy and I think it's Reed. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we're in it there folks. Uh, next week we'll talk running back winner or losers. Um, spoiler alert. They're almost all losers, but we're willing to break <laughs> that down for you anyway. <laughs> um, Per usual, it's me, Jagger, at Fantasy Blue Chip. You could catch some of my work at DLF. And then Mr. Mallard, uh, host of Divots and Pivots, Andrew LaDuke. And then uh, Fantasy Jesus himself, Justin Herrera. And then, of course, Chuck Bass, the host of This Guy Sucks. Uh, Follow us, like, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time, kids.